0: Hello! Hi. Welcome to the best damn lunch and learn ever. I'm your host Jen Hecht, and we have the amazing and talented and brilliant Esther Boykin on the show today. I am. Thank you for being on. <laughs> Thank you for having me on. Yes, we're back. I love talking to Esther. I get so many, so much knowledge on family and couples and relationship advice, and just the whole gamut. Oh, I, I try to do my best. And You do. <laughs> you do. She does. So for those that do not know, know Esther, um, she is a licensed marriage and family therapist and expert, and her philosophies on relationships and self-care has been featured in a variety of TV, digital uh print radio media outlets including good morning washington fox 5 the new york times series xm and she was on the real housewives of potomac I was. yes uh, she's very smart and very funny uh, <laughs> and she's also in uh bustle red book and glamour so today what well, we're gonna dive deep into is family um and marriage and couples and all of the above kind mm-hmm. of a relationship um uh, like we call a relationship yeah. 101. Um, just because I think it's so important to cover that kind of gamut, especially like knowing like some of the topics we're going to talk about obviously is communication.
1: Always. I mean, hello. That's that's just sort of part of what we do as human beings, right? Yeah.
0: I mean, hello. Yeah. (laughs) We kind of need that, right? So, um, so the communication styles that we we deal with, also, and how to communicate better Mm -hmm. too, because that's key. I mean, obviously, we want to keep relationships going, yeah. And knowing how to communicate better, Um, obviously, stressors in relationships, um, and then uh, I think the most one is that we're hearing a lot about, especially. We'll talk about this article I found. I actually had like two or three people send it to me. I was like, okay, I kept seeing it online. Yeah. And people were sharing it. We need it. to talk about this. We need to talk about it because it's like, what do you do when you find that you're in a toxic relationship, right? There's yeah. so many forms of that. I mean, you're talking emotional abuse, financial abuse. A lot of people yeah. don't even know about that, Yeah. right? Um, and this, this article was what it means when a narcissist says, I love you. And it's all over the internet. Like,
1: I it is, just... There has been a lot of articles lately yeah. about just sort of narcissistic personality disorder and like, what does that mean? But also what does that mean in terms of like, when you're the partner and when you're in a relationship with someone like that. And I think, I think it's important to, you know, I'm always like, okay, that's an actual diagnosis, right? right? Like everybody who feels like a narcissist isn't necessarily a narcissist in like, a diagnostic sense, right. but understanding those traits and understanding what that looks like in a relationship. Cause it's not a healthy pattern.
0: No, no. 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 And then like, how do you like get out of it and how do you deal with it once you get out of it? Yeah. Because if you think that they're going to stop coming for you, um, you know... like It takes a while. It takes a hot minute. It does. And it takes a lot
1: of um, commitment and a lot of yeah. personal work. And I think, you know, that'll be... If it's there's anything I'm going to say, you know, if you're just tuning in for like 30 seconds, here's <laughs> the core thing. Yeah. The best way to have better relationships is to work on yourself so that you can be your best self. Um, without that, there's just all the rest of the stuff we can talk about just doesn't really matter. Yeah. It really is about doing your own work first and foremost.
0: Well, yeah, that's what we're going to talk about too is um is is working on the reflection in the mirror, right? Mm-hmm. Because I think that is so important. You know, we, ha- we can't be the best in a relationship if we are not working on ourselves no. and being the better version. I mean, yeah. there's things that you can like I've learned, like there's things that you can't control. Like you just need to focus it on you on like being you. Mm-hmm. Like I always said like my only competitor is the reflection in the mirror. Like I
1: don't yeah. Well, and yeah. at the end of the day, and I say this a lot, you know, in my work with clients is at the end of the day, the only person, the only thing you really have control over is yourself. Right. And so it really is about how can I learn more about who I am, what I want, what I value, and what I what I deserve? And then you just as you do that, you attract different kinds of relationships. You yeah. attract a different sort of person into your life, and you, the rest of your relationships will shift and some of them will get better and some of them will end and sometimes that's hard, um, but you know, in this particular case of toxic relationships, um, you know, the end is painful. It's just because a relationship isn't healthy for you doesn't mean you don't love each other mm. or that you don't love the other person at the very least. Um, so saying goodbye is hard.
0: Yeah, and then I think that, that, that's actually, well, let's, let's dive into it, so let's go right let's in. Let's start there. Let's just start there. I right? like it. I like it. We're going to go in there, and so make sure, if you um, have any questions for Esther, make sure you drop them in the comments, and so we'll share them, so, and say hello, so we know that you are here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so I think, like, um, let's just go into, like, how do we know if we are in a toxic relationship?
1: Um, I think the, the core things are checking in with yourself. Like, do you edit yourself or center yourself around this person in a way, you know, not in the sense of like, oh, I'm in a bad mood and maybe Mm -hmm. I shouldn't take that out on my partner, but in a, you sort of rehearse what you're going to say because you don't want to upset them or you don't want to make them angry or you're not sure how they're going to judge you. If you censor your behavior, places you go, you don't want to tell them if you're, who you're going to be out with. And again, not because you're being deceptive, but because you fear their reaction or you feel like you can't predict the reaction. There's some sort of basic things when you're in a relationship. If I say, you know, hey, I'm going to lunch with my girls, this should be a fairly predictable response from whoever your partner is, right? Like, oh, have a good time, see you when you you get back. But if that person feels like it feels controlling, if you find yourself walking away and it just feels icky, like you somehow feel like we're always doing what this other person wants, And then you get the repercussions when you come home. And you either get repercussions when you come home or you find yourself turning down things that you thought you wanted to do, but then you don't. Like, because you're afraid of how it's going to impact. Um, I would say it's a lot of keeping the peace. If you find yourself constantly worrying about how do I keep the peace at home or with this other person, that's a good sign that this is not a healthy relationship.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And what of those people do? They do like slow. Let me. The research mm-hmm. I've done is you know obviously, and they're um, they'll try to slowly pull you away from people.
1: Yes, and so, so that's I would another say, thing to look that's out for. that's absolutely a thing to look out for, and that's sort of a theme across any kind of toxic relationship. So we're whether we're talking about things like domestic violence, where there's actual physical um, altercations, emotional mm-hmm. abuse, financial abuse. We can talk a little yeah, bit I'm more about, what about that, that is. That.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: Um, and also, you know being in a relationship with somebody who is narcissistic or who is extremely controlling, whatever sort of words we want to use, one of the core things is anybody who's with you that wants to isolate you from the people who are already in your life, the people who historically have been loving and supportive to you. If you're with a partner who's like, oh, they're not good for you or no one loves you like I love you. Oh, jeez. Big red flag, big, big red flag. Ron! Yes, yes, just be like, hold on a second. Thanks for coming out. And you know, the opposite of that can be true because sometimes what happens is the way in which um, a partner like that will pull you away from other people is not by talking poorly about your family or your friends, but by essentially being like, you're the only person who understands me. Hmm. And so initially that feels really good, right? Like they need me so much, they love me so much, I'm the only one who makes them feel good, who makes them feel better but what happens is then that person still becomes the center of your universe. And so that's just as unhealthy. It isn't always sort of this very direct like blatant like no, don't hang out with your friends. Sometimes it is like, "Oh no, sure, go with your friends. It's just, you know, I'm really lonely when we're not together." Or I got a headache. Yeah. Just like, "Can you I come home?" Yeah, I don't feel, you know, like I like, don't feel good. I had a like really a- I know you're going to go out, but I had a really terrible day and, you know, it's just I don't know what else to do but to be with you. And it's night. Nice, you sh- there should be a certain level of interdependence. Yeah. But when that starts to feel like the pattern like they don't have other friends to spend time with they don't like
0: oh that's a really good point that's
1: very much a red flag as well
0: right like if they only have you know one or two friends that should be an indicator mm-hmm. or like why are they not spending time with those friends right right like it's just them like you know they go out um and hang out with their their boys i mean that would be yeah. tr- like why that'd be very weird
1: Right or family or whatever it is and and there are plenty of people who are introverted to a very small um, Social circle, so yeah. it's, they maybe they only have two friends But those should be two friends that they like they talk to regularly and they go out and they spend time like And really this is in terms of if you're looking for a relationship or you're yeah. looking for a partner Everybody should have a life that feels fulfilling before they get into a relationship right and so it goes both ways. You want to make sure that you're developing your own sense of self, but when you start dating someone and it feels like I'm the center of your world and we just met, that's a concern.
0: Oh, that's actually interesting. So let's talk about that. So when, because you, you hear some of the stories like, okay, you meet someone and it moves really, really fast. Is that like an indicator or is that something to look out for? I'm just curious. Ashley, hey. hey. Who, say, who else is on here? we got Erica. <laughs> all kinds who of else? All, Everyone's here. Say hi. All right. And don't forget to drop your comments. So we're talking yes, about all about commu- communication and relationships. Yes.
1: So. so I don't necessarily, I always tell people, you know, I'm, I'm sort of this weird dichotomy of like super practical relationship skills and slightly don't tell anybody my dark secret that I'm also a little bit of a hopeless romantic. Yeah. So I'm not gonna say across the board if it's moving really quickly that this is, you know, a red flag and it's a terrible sign, like Mm -hmm. danger, danger. But it should be kind of a yellow flag. Sometimes things move quickly because you just really connect. Right. And that's okay and that's normal and that's natural. But in moving quickly, part of that should be things like, meeting each other's friends and family okay. it should be about like not that your lives suddenly revolve only around the two of you but that you both are maybe eager to incorporate this new person into your ex- your already existing lifestyle and your existing social circles right that feels a little bit more a little healthier and part of the reason that matters is when you're caught up in that initial new infatuation mm-hmm. you need people who know you and who trust you who can look at that from the outside and be like yeah, no, I get it. And you know, they're, right. yes, friends and family are gonna be a little cautious for you, but they will also recognize red flags before you do.
0: Right, and that's also, and they can tell energy too. Yeah. Um, thanks, Erica. We're, we're just gonna dive deep into this today, all about <laughs> figuring get, it out. Yes. But I think that's you know this is interesting because you know you're like oh wow like you have that nested connection with someone and you're like oh my god this you know we tell these stories in our head of like this is the perfect person but having someone on the outside you know especially your friends your trusted confidence, to look at and be like from a good place make sure those people are um, positive people because <laughs> <that you're having. laughs> you don't want any bitter betties. <laughs>
1: That. You want people who want yeah, you to be in happy aunties. and yeah. healthy relationships. And the same yeah. thing is true once you're in a relationship. I always say, you know, like to marry couples or just couples who are in long-term relationships, mm-hmm. you need to have friends who are friends of your relationship. Yes. Not, That's like, like they, may be, they may have started as your friend or his friend or mm-hmm. whatever, but that genuinely care about your connection to another person and the quality of that relationship. Those are the friends who can say to you, who can like bitch and moan about things that your partner does. Yeah. Um, but still also reminds you when it's a healthy place and also are not afraid to tell you when they feel like something's moving in an unhealthy direction.
0: Yeah, and I think so, you know, that's, you know, that makes sense too because if you're in a, in a bad relationship or a toxic, especially, so let's go down the different, because I think that a lot of people okay. aren't aware of, there are different levels. Like you've got emotional abuse, you got financial abuse. Yes. And then obviously, and, and you know, physical
1: abuse. Yes.
0: So let's go down and like some of the signs of emotional abuse and, sure. and yeah, how, to, how to get out of that and how to, you know, have that kind of conversation and what to look out for. Yeah.
1: So I think the reality is that all of those things can show up together in one relationship. They can become a progression. Um, I won't talk a ton about domestic violence, but when yeah. there's physical abuse, I think I will say this with physical abuse, sometimes we assume like, well, either, you know, it's not like he put me in the hospital or, you know, she doesn't punch me in the face, any kind of physical violence of any kind, pushing, shoving, even if it's mutual, even if like they shove you or you slap them and they push you back, that is a relationship where there is domestic violence, where there's physical abuse happening because the reality is one of you is stronger. One of you, in all of these relationships, the underlying foundation is about power and control. So one of you holds more power. So understanding, looking for the power and control dynamic more than like the actual physical acts is really important in identifying when it's not healthy.
0: Yeah, you now you think that that is, do it get more aggressive when they feel like they're not, they're losing power, losing control, or is it just, they yes. just, okay. Yeah,
1: and, and it happens across the board, and I'm not gonna bore you, I did a lot of my graduate research around domestic violence, I'm not gonna bore you with a lot of those, with the nitty gritty details, but if, I mean, for people who are really interested, there's lots of great information online. Uh, with statistics and the kind of breaks down a lot of the typical um, abuse cycle oh, okay. because what really happens is there's a honeymoon period where things are really great then there'll be an incident then you there's an apology and a honeymoon period again and what happens over the course of a relationship is that the honeymoon period gets shorter and shorter and shorter oh geez um, and so what starts as feeling like this one-off scenario suddenly becomes a, a real pattern of abuse right and the same thing happens with emotional abuse so, emotional abuse is anything from controlling your behavior, um, any, if you are with somebody who is forcing you to let them read like your text messages, your phones, they have your social media passwords. Like, and I understand that there are couples where that's something you have agreed on mm-hmm. and it's fine and you feel, but it's okay as long as you feel like if, you, if tomorrow you got up and set, changed your password, that your partner was not going to ha- be angry. Or somehow that punish you for not allowing you them access to your stuff. Yeah, you're everybody's an adult. You're entitled to privacy.
0: It's boundaries. It's setting boundaries. It's
1: setting really clear boundaries. And so emotional abuse can be things of that nature. It can be things like name calling. Mm-hmm. Um, it can be a lot of shaming, like yeah. so public humiliation.
0: Yeah, screaming and yelling at people in public places. Yes,
1: screaming and yelling in public places. Um, telling you know really just undermining someone's self-worth, calling them names, telling them that they're not good enough, that no one else would want them. All of these also show up in other abusive and toxic relationships. Like to be clear, there's not this like fine little columns of relationships. This happens on a continuum. Um, Some of the other things that happen that people don't always pay attention to um, are sometimes doing it in jest, right? Mm. So if you're with somebody and they make jokes at your expense, on a regular basis,
0: especially in front of other people
1: too. As particularly in front of other people. Yeah. So you're, and then it's like a dominance
0: like, thing. Like yeah. they're trying to, extro- yeah. And then, yeah. and then you just call them out on it, and you use some witty banter, and it's funny.
1: Yes. <laughs> and sometimes that really works. Yeah. Um, hopefully, ultimately, what will happen is you can pull that person aside, like yeah. later on, out of that, and say, and this is also a good way of recognizing: is this a relationship where these are bad behaviors that you're both willing to? Work on, or is this a pattern of abuse that's not going to change? In which case, this is a toxic, unhealthy yeah. relationship to stay in. Well,
0: what if they're, the, that person is saying, You're crazy, you're insane, so we're going to get into the gaslighting? Gaslighting, yeah. Um,
1: so, gaslighting is, which is so funny, as a therapist, I'm always like, Gaslighting, gaslighting. But I realize lots of people have no idea what that yeah, means. Yeah, so let's talk
0: about that. Because- so,
1: yeah, I'll define that first. Um, gaslighting is essentially when you are with another person who intentionally minimizes, denies, distorts the truth in an effort to make you question what your reality essentially. It's being with somebody where like it's like if I I did that and you're like, "Wait, why did you just like elbow me?" Yeah. Like, I, just, I don't know what you're talking about, Jen. Right? I didn't like I mean, I don't know. Maybe my arm brushed against you. I didn't elbow you, though. What are you?
0: Right, and you're like, wait. Well, maybe I missed... Maybe, maybe she just did that. You know, like if yeah, you like, start to question, like, because like, why would Esther do that? That's weird. Like, we're friends. Why yeah. would she like try to check me?
1: Right. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, I would never do something like yeah. that. I don't know why. You're, I don't know what you're talking about. And you know, and then you know, like I do it really hard, and you're like, oh, but, and I'm like, I literally just bumped into you. It really wasn't that painful. Yeah. Stop being so sensitive. Right. You're like really overreacting, right? Now. That's gaslighting.
0: That's gaslighting.
1: That sense, when you are with somebody and you're, every, almost every time you confront them about something that's bothering you, mm-hmm. so you feel like they've hurt your feelings, or you don't like something they've said, right. or you have questions about an interaction, if you leave that conversation feeling like, maybe I misunderstood, right. in a re, like repeatedly finding yourself going like, am I crazy, am I, like, did I misread this situation? That's usually kind of a good internal indicator. Like, yeah. maybe there's some gaslighting going on here. Right. When you call somebody out, and it's like the whole room just saw what happened, and they still are going like,
0: nothing. Like, what know. are you talking? About? You're yeah. crazy. You're insane. Yeah. You know, like yeah. you need therapy. Yeah, yeah, actually go to therapy because I can tell you, it's a great way to get. You know, talk to people and get your and your mind right because I think that um, you know when your your mind's not strong and you can't see it, but somebody else can see it and they can help you get out of it um, is crucial.
1: And I will say, it is a very common statement from people from a partner who is either narcissistic or emotionally abusive to Mm -hmm. like where you're like, "No, we have a problem," and they'll be like, "You're the problem. You're the crazy one. You go to therapy." But the way in which it's Mm -hmm. said makes you feel like. To go seek help is somehow validating that you are broken. You're the right. problem. It's always said in a very sort of condescending manner. Ignore the tone mm-hmm. and go get therapy. Yeah. Because it go. absolutely and you know, and then yeah. checking with friends. Because first of all, therapy is not a dirty word. It's okay. my favorite hashtag. That's yeah, like hashtag ha- that. That's hashtag therapy is not a dirty word. Yes, that absolutely. is actually my business. Yes. <laughs> Call me later. We have yeah. t shirts. Yeah. Um, but in all. Did serious,
0: you guys get mugs yet?
1: We have mugs. Okay,
0: I need, why am I not
1: I'm gonna send you a mug. Okay, thank you. I'm gonna send you a mug and you have to drink out of it and then on the next. Yes, I, I will.
0: I'll
1: be okay, like, good. Esther. Yes. Cool. Mugs, tote we got a lot of stuff. Oh, we got some new stuff coming out soon, oh, a couple oh, weeks. Yeah. Um, but uh, but I think therapy is really an important place. And talk with your friends and family. Like looking for support, that isn't really the number one way to recognize when there is abuse. Yeah. Um, uh, financial abuse is another one that doesn't get a lot of. Um, sort of coverage a um, lot of discussion but it's actually really important to understand and another scenario in which checking in with other people is really helpful because it's another place where gaslighting is easy. right
0: like you know if you don't do what I say then I'm not you know you can't no. buy a shampoo yes <laughs> right <laughs>
1: Which, if you're All not, right. in, and if you're not, <laughs> so my hair is gonna smell. <laughs> and if you're not in that relationship, that sounds like yeah, what? That's crazy. Nobody would put up with like that. that you're
0: crazy. Then going this whole thing like you're crazy, yes. you're insane. Like that doesn't yeah. happen. And you're like, oh, okay. And then you're just like, wait a second, did I? Not? I mean, so it yes. starts just like cycle, and it's like you know, well, people are like, well, I'll just, and I'll say that a lot of. I hope I don't get in trouble for <laughs> saying this.
1: I want you to say it. Yeah,
0: I want to say is that um, I think it's tough. You know, when you look on the outside, like oh, these people have this like perfect life. They have everything going on, but you have no idea what's going on behind closed doors. Absolutely. So don't ever judge anybody. I mean, I know people who are driving a hundred thousand dollar cars and can't buy food for their kids because they're saying unless you do what I say, um, then you know you're not going to get um, food to pay your children. <laughs> it's like yeah. okay
1: fantastic no and yeah and I think that's such an important that is maybe one of the most crucial things for people to understand when we talk about abusive and toxic relationships because there is unfortunately still this mindset that this happens to only certain kinds of people whose lives look a particular way and the reality is that this happens to women and men Mm -hmm. although more predominantly women but absolutely they're men in similar relationships of every race, religion, socioeconomic class, level of education, career field, and it's that true. includes things like financial abuse. And so it's often happens in couples where there is a big disparity between income. Right. But I have absolutely worked with people where, you know, I'm working with somebody who makes a six figure salary, right. who has a prestigious career that presumably other people look at and think, oh, you can have it buy anything you want. Hmm. But all the money goes into one account and only one person in the relationship controls that account yeah
0: and you don't have access and to you it. don't
1: have access and right so, exactly
0: and so then you're like oh and then every, if you don't have and you ask questions like well how much like you know we owe this or we owe that and they'll like start a huge fight because they don't mm-hmm. want you to have you know yes. have access to it
1: and that's usually what happens oftentimes there's also sort of an underlying message around things like you're the reason we have debt or oh, you're yeah. irresponsible with money or you're and it Ultimately, hopefully people are picking up on there's a theme across all of these kinds of relationships, which is mm-hmm. convincing you that you You're, are a particular way, that right. you are flawed uh-huh. in some particular way, yeah. and that this person is both putting up with you and tolerating you, but is also sort of like the rescuer and the savior. Right. And that's why it's really crucial to stay connected. And, and it's okay. Like, I think the other part is to really have a lot of self-compassion. Because sometimes what happens is we start to notice these patterns. And then we think, oh my gosh, how did I get in a relationship like this? What's wrong with me? I'm broken. Who can I tell? This is embarrassing. I don't... And that's also what that partner wants. They want you to feel like you're the problem. How did you get here? And you're still not going to tell anybody, even when you start to recognize that there's trouble. And so I really encourage people to have a lot of compassion for friends and family where you see this happening. I know it's hard to be on the outside, But also a lot of self-compassion if you think maybe you're in a relationship like this, like be gentle with yourself And don't be afraid to sort of to seek help and and to ask somebody to support you and give you some gentle but loving and honest feedback
0: Yeah, I think that's true too, especially if you you know, we're gonna talk about this article what it means when a narcissist says I love you because I like I said earlier that this has been going all around the internet people have been sharing it Um, You can Google it. It's all over (laughs) But uh, but uh, it's interesting some of the things that it says um, like dear codependent partner What I'm about to say is not something I ever say or admit to you because to do so would end the winner-takes-all game That is my main source of pleasure in life one that effectively
1: keeps you carrying my load in our relationship So I mean that right there I think is really key So when we're talking about like how do I know if I'm in a relationship? That's not healthy if you feel like you carry all of the burden or the majority of the emotional labor in a relationship. Mm -hmm. And this goes not just romantic relationships, in any relationship. If you feel like you carry um, the larger share of the emotional labor, like what it takes to stay connected and to keep the other person happy, this is not a healthy relationship to be in and you need to address that
0: yeah I mean like another thing when he says I love you I mean the, I love the way I feel when you are with me more specifically regarding you as a piece of property I own my possession
1: what yeah so that's a thing and I, I
0: want to like talk you're a about car.
1: no you're not a car and I think it's important to understand like this continuum right because I think there's somebody right now who's like oh who might have been like oh you know what some of this sounds familiar oh no my husband doesn't think of me as a piece of property He would never refer to me as his possession. I want people to also think about, but do you feel like you're being treated as an accessory that makes the other person feel good? So whether that is, you know, sort of that stereotypical, I hate the term trophy wife, but that stereotypical kind of like, young, beautiful, attractive, like your partner looks better because with you on their arm, like they have that. And not from a sort of sense of like, appreciation and admiration for what who you are but that you make them feel better about who they are as a person and for some People that can be you know Oh, she's a perfect mother and a perfect homemaker or oh, she's you know a physician or she's an executive Mm -hmm. or she's whatever it is Um, Or you know and in the case for men like oh, you know, whatever he's like this super successful You know millionaire guy and or maybe it's just like oh, yeah, he's a great dad He's a super, you know home husband he does whatever I tell him to do like if this if their love for you is driven by how it makes them feel about themselves yeah not as a way of appreciating and admiring who you are as your own person that is possessive
0: that's a good point I know um and also I think so too is like when you're People talk about um, you know your brain is superpower right mm-hmm. right and it, you can create how, like what your thoughts become things right you, you be, you, if you 're yeah. thinking positive then it'll be positive But if you keep having that negative Nancy you know in your head saying oh you 're horrible you 're this you 're that, and it can really start to drain you like that's, absolutely that 's why I think having therapy is so important, but also your brain is a muscle right so if you replace the negative with positive. So let's talk about like if you do find yourself in that kind of situation, and like what are some of the the mindset tools or what we can do to you know not think like oh we are because you know we all like oh well, maybe they're right like you know absolutely because especially if you're a fixer you know like I know I'm a that fixer yeah. you know what I mean like that's me I'm fixing of yes. being a fixer
1: yeah. um. <laughs> if you are a fixer but, yeah. if you have a tendency to overfunction yeah if you tend to be a caregiver. Um, I do you feel like women often are more susceptible to that? But again, like this, men can have these similar traits. Um, I like that this sort of started with, you know, dear codependent partner because, yeah. you know, codependency is, is a thing that happens. It's that sense of, um, my emotional state, my happiness is dependent upon my partner's happiness. Yeah. Um, so it's much more like, it's like you're you're like the thermometer. Like mm-hmm. you read whatever yeah. the energy is, and then that becomes like your temperature too, as mm-hmm. opposed to feeling like I can be happy and I can walk in a room and be with somebody I love and they can be sad and I can feel that and I can empathize, but that doesn't mean that I have to give up the parts of me that are also happy.
0: Right. And I think that's also too, too like, cause at the, they don't want you to be good with who you are. I mean, and celebrate your successes because they, it is a competition. I mean,
1: they're t- yeah, they're, they're there can competing. definitely be a sense of, of competitiveness because again, back to that piece of power and control, it's about creating hierarchy. Mm-hmm. And, and I think in the context of like narcissistic relationships, it's emotional hierarchy, whose mm. feelings matter more. Mm, that's a
0: really great point.
1: I wish I had my bell.
0: Ring <laughs> Where's the
1: bell? Ring that bell. <laughs> but I, I think that that's an important piece to understand that mm. it isn't just about, um, it's not power and control necessarily in tangible ways all the time. It really ultimately boils down to whose feelings matter more, mine or yours. Mm -hmm. And in a healthy relationship, the answer is both of our feelings matter in equal measure.
0: So if you have someone that does that, you know, like say a bully or, Mm -hmm. you know, this person, what are some of the tools that we can use when they start, you know, yelling at us or, you know, I mean, and they're really struggling. Like it's aggressive.
1: (laughs) It can be, it can be really aggressive.
0: aggressive. Yeah. Like, and the threats, you know, yeah. like, oh, I'm going to take your kids. I'm going to put you on the street. I'm going to do all, like, all of these things. And you're like, oh, and as, you know, people are like, oh, my God, they're going to, you know, try to, yeah. to come for me. You know? I mean,
1: the, the longer relationship goes on, which is true in every relationship, yeah. the more pe- the other person understands where you are most vulnerable. Yeah. What matters most to you? What's going to hurt you the most? Which is the kids. The right, go, right, right. So right. For a lot of times it's the kids yeah. or, you know, for some people it might be like, their sense of self like how do I look mm-hmm. or you know am I good at my job whatever it yeah. is but they know where it is and they're gonna go for it yeah so I would say number one disengage 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 Yeah. these are arguments that are not based in reality and logic and they are it's a game and so mm-hmm. The number one thing you can learn how to do is disengage. You're, this is not an argument or a battle you're going to win yeah. by engaging with that person, by getting into it. Like They're not going to be convinced by logic. Back to the piece yeah. about gaslighting. It doesn't matter what the facts are. No. What matters is how they feel at the end of you know sort of the back and forth. And if you pull out, you know what? If that's how you feel about this, I don't have anything else to say. And then really don't have anything else to say. I mean, like, I just
0: don't talk to them. <laughs> like, and I that's, just not yeah, like, and then... Particularly if it's aggressive,
1: I think yeah. that that's a good way to go. And if there is a certain amount of aggression involved, then I think you also want to, again, therapy. Yes. This therapy. is a big, go see your therapist and talk yeah. about that. Because therapists are also good at being able to he- hear those kinds of things. Particularly therapists who have a lot of experience working with couples in relationships. Um, and or, like domestic violence or any kind of abusive, um, trauma, those Mm. kinds of things, we just have a good ear for it. Yeah. I can hear when somebody tells me a story that involves zero violence, I can still hear the level of risk just Mm. because I've been doing this for a long time and I kind of, I have a good sort of ear for the process. Absolutely. And so, but the same thing can be true for friends and family, you have got to have a circle. And it, as your circle could be one circle person, of trust. two people. Circle of trust. But it needs to be people who are not gonna be afraid yeah. to say to you, you know what, this feels like this is escalating and I'm worried about your safety. You know, things like maybe it's time to get a restraining order. Get a restraining order. Maybe it's time to, and that can happen in stages. It can be about saying, you know what, we need a break from communication. Please do not contact me. And being, and again, it's about being clear, concise, direct. It's not a debate. That's
0: actually brilliant. Clear, concise, direct. Yes. The trifecta.
1: Absolutely. Please do not speak to me in that tone. Please do not call me in the middle of the night. Please do not, you know, whatever it is, please don't do that. Right. If you continue to do that and violate my boundary, I will take, you know, I will look for ways to, you know, to have support around that, whether that's a restraining order, whether it's changing a phone number, blocking the person, you know, whatever. You need to think that through. But again, think that through in... With the support of people who love and and understand mm-hmm. what the situation is, because they're going to help you,
0: yeah,
1: to balance that inner voice. Just like you were right. saying, like that voice starts to go, well, maybe it's me, maybe I'm overreacting.
0: Yeah, you need an
1: outside voice that can help you say, no, no, maybe hey, I'm
0: not. there's Eve on there. Hey, maybe. hey guys. So make sure that you drop some questions that you have for us as well. Yeah, but absolutely. this is really good information because I think so too. Like if you have those. You know, negative Nancy's or her. Neds. Neds. <laughs> Ned's, Nancy's. N- yeah, no, no. all of the above. Um, it's you know, I always say like when they start, you know, if they start in on you. Like you know, just imagine a mirror, you know, with all of it reflecting back because it comes down. It doesn't just come back to. I might blame their parents. Okay, one hundred percent blame their parents. <laughs> yes, um, <laughs> they were not loved enough.
1: Uh, there there's some generational legacy stuff there and I will say you know and it I mean I'm not gonna 100% blame parents because there's a point at which we all become adults and we make decisions about oh this seems to be a problem in my relationships do I want to work on it or don't I but there is absolutely like we all we can only get what our parents have to give us and they can only give us what their parents had to give us and so and so it is sort of each of us at the next generation has to do a little bit more work mm-hmm. so that we're a little bit better. We've got a little more to give so that our kids are a little better and so mm-hmm. on and so on. But I, mean, I think
0: yeah. that's so important too, like teaching the kids, especially empathy and compassion. And, mm-hmm. you know, and, uh, and if you have, unfortunately, you know, if there's a toxic person yeah. in there, then you're going to be, you don't want to create another toxic human out there.
1: Right. Yeah. Right? It's like, hello, you don't need another devil, <laughs> Lucifer. <laughs> like, we're good. It takes a lot of patience yeah. and a lot of empathy. And I know that this is, hard for people to hear yeah. it's, it has been hard for me to do in my own life i get it it takes work but one of the best things that we can learn to do is also have compassion for the abusive person oh that's interesting okay compassion and forgiveness are not the same yeah as let's allowing talk about a that. person into your life i can have compassion for a person who treats me poorly and never have contact with them again or set really firm boundaries with them compassion doesn't mean that we allow ourselves to be doormats. It means that we're able to look at that person, and frankly it really helps our healing to look at that person and go, you know what? You're giving me the very best that you know how to give in this situation at this moment. It's unfortunate that your best is this hurtful, painful, um, destructive, right. aggressive, violent, whatever it is, but this is all you have to offer. Yeah. And that's, you know, I can feel for how much pain you must have that this is how you're behaving. I'm not going to accept it. I'm not yeah. going to take it into my space. Yeah. But when you do the when you have that compassion, it makes it easier to move from to a place of one of my therapists, Erica, says, you know, sometimes it's not about forgiveness, sometimes it's about grace. Oh. If I, I think like that. about what you've done, I still get angry. Yeah. But I can extend a certain level of grace, which is to say like you're a human being in suffering who's doing the best that you can. Mm-hmm. And I can allow that to sort of, I don't have to be like, you're the worst person in the whole world. Right. And I hate you. Mm-hmm. I can just sort of say your behavior yeah. is not welcome in my, in my life. My space. Not in my space. No, yeah. you no, know, no, 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 no. You're and, still
0: fired from my life, but right. Yeah.
1: <laughs> right. But I also am going to choose right. not to extend because yeah. it takes so much more energy yeah. for us as human beings to extend negative emotion. Like, yes. Anger and, and pain and sadness, the more we allow ourselves to sort of, those emotions are really meant to be sort of like moved through. Yeah. Don't avoid them, move through it, I like and then that. move, move on it. to the next, you know, whatever's coming next.
0: Yeah, because if you're focused on this negative, you know, world, yeah. because that's some of their thing, like, if, especially if that was an ex of yours or some of your, like, it, it prohibits you from really opening up and, and, and finding that love that you deserve, yeah. um, too, because you're stuck in that repeated negative cycle. Um, so just being more open and being aware, I think, you know, doing that self work, doing yeah, the self help, look at the reflection in the mirror, like how can I get better and ask the therapist, what are some of this, the steps that I can take? Yes. You know, ask Esther, call her. You can ask me. I mean, call her. Yes.
1: Yes. I love to talk about that kind of stuff. And I think, you know, really easy things are, um, I talked about this recently with, um, another group of women at an event, learning how to practice more self love is not just an individual task. So mm. there's a lot of stuff we can do. I'm big on, you know, write yourself a love letter. Um, letters are just good. Yeah. And so when you're in a good space, uh-huh. write a letter to the part of yourself that you know comes back up. The part that has self-doubt, the part that's scared, the part that's sad, the part that's angry. Write to yourself because so much of what we need to hear is already in us. Yeah. So when you're in a place where you can connect to that, like write those letters, journal about it, whatever it is, because you give yourself a tangible way to reconnect.
0: Yeah, I believe that. But also,
1: you know, again, broken record, social support, social support, social support, support. is learning how to practice more self-love and feel better about ourselves doesn't mean that we have to do it in isolation. That doesn't mean that we're perpetuating codependency. Right. Ideally, what we're doing is we're practicing a new way of connecting to people who are loving and supporting where it's reciprocal. Right
0: it's true. It's like, you know, if you find yourself, you're like, well, where mm-hmm. are my friends? Because you've been isolated or you've yeah. been trying to be isolated. You go back to like when you were, you know, at your best, like when you were in your lane where you were staying in your own lane and then you got, you know... Yeah. Veered off course, but like you can get back. So look at who you really surround yourself with. That that are we're genuinely happy people. Like if you're trying to strive to, I mean, I would hope you would strive to be happy, right? <laughs> I mean, was, but um, if not, I mean, I think that doing that will put you in advantage. Um, so to make yeah. you stronger, um, listening to positive podcasts out there. I mean, you can look on the top five. I mean, there there's so many amazing. I mean, there's great podcasts. there's great podcasts, especially if you're coming over from a breakup or a divorce or just not really mm-hmm. knowing. You know, where is your space? In the world, and how, how do I move forward, um, but don't really necessarily know what to do? Um, that would be
1: that is, I, I would love that. I love all of those ideas, those are really good stuff. Yeah, and, um, and not be so hard on yourself. A lot of it is just learning how to not be so hard on ourselves, like yeah. really being patient. Like, it's a process. Like, right. you didn't wake up one day in a relationship with somebody who wasn't treating you well, like, right. it was a gradual process, and understanding it will be a gradual process to move into like this next phase of your life whatever that's supposed to look yeah, like
0: and if you get in that angry space like you know get like God, i'm so angry with myself because like how can i let that person treat me like that and you know like you get mad at your own self yeah. <laughs> like you're gonna get yeah. mad at them, like this person you create this thing like oh this could happen i'm gonna say this or i'm gonna do this but at the end of the day that isn't even reality you're creating this in your yeah. head we get really stuck in yeah. the
1: stories um mm-hmm. my own therapist will often say like well that's you know like i'll say something she should be like that's a story and I say Aww. that to my own clients sometimes, that's and I have story. friends like that, like, that's a sto- Like There's a lot of stuff that is story that we tell ourselves yeah. that keeps us stuck or perpetuating like old cycles. And so being able to recognize that. And so going back to your part, like I really encourage looking at not just people who are like happy, but also people when you spend time with them, you are vulnerable, you feel authentic. And when you leave, you feel as though you've been nurtured. Yeah. And that they seem to feel the same way about you. Right. That's healthy. And that happens in friendship, it happens with family. And then because it helps us to rebuild, as you said, yeah. like all of what we do is in emotion and relationship is a muscle. Yeah. Practice that mm-hmm. and then you'll meet people. And then mm-hmm. you'll be like, oh, I can be in a romantic relationship yes. where I feel authentic and my true self and I'm vulnerable and fun and happy. And when we're not fun and happy, we have learn how to move through that together
0: yeah I think that's true too because you know you want like uh how do I say this It's like you know you want to if you're in this situation where it's negative right mm-hmm. and you're like okay but I really really want to be in a healthy happy relationship mm-hmm. but then you kind of self-sabotage yes. right because <laughs> like how do we get past like okay well like I'm good right now like I don't need to be dating like and you always come up with an excuse why and I think um I I want to hear your feedback is um is a fear of a having that happen again, absolutely, and B fear of you know rejection or being hurt, and then it's like, well, yeah. then we're just not gonna do it. We're good. I'm just gonna focus in on work, and I'm yeah. like, I'll be mm-hmm. you know, have, or I'll just
1: dip my toe in, right? Yeah, i like, will just, just gonna, I'll be half in. I yeah, will do half sees. Yeah, <laughs> half-sies. dating half <half-sies. laughs> dating half sees because <laughs> that sounds like a really fun. And so here's the thing: oh, dating half
0: sees <laughs> I mean, or...
1: hashtag dating <laughs> half sees. <laughs> Focusing on work or focusing oh, yeah. on family. Yeah. These are all okay parts of the overall process. Yeah. Just as much as diving in to a relationship and then being like, oh, this is a disaster. What like, was like, I oh, doing? Like, eek. And you're like, I already fronted it I'm on my Facebook. <gasps> what here. have I done? <laughs> Darn. You know, like, a lot of this is really about rebuilding our trust in ourselves. I think so. that's a great point. And I think that that, once we come to terms with that and recognize there's a part of who we are that we have to learn how to trust again yeah. and learning how to trust her or him is really about being again compassionate to like what was it about that person in that relationship yeah. that drew me in mm. and what was it that made me stay? What was I afraid of or what was the sense of security or comfort that I got there that made me stay however long you chose to stay? It does, like whenever you leave is the right moment to leave. Right. There is no... you know there's no like I should have done it you know two months ago ten years ago whatever like whenever you got there is when you got there and that was the right timing yeah but how can you be really you know kind of gentle with that and then recognizing like we're not meant to do everything perfectly, right? No, you get perfectly out and you're imperfect.
0: like... I don't know who said that perfectly imperfect. I saw that somebody. Someone commented. <laughs> a lot, yeah. Perfectly a lot imperfect. Perfectly imperfect. Perfect. Yeah. yeah.
1: Which feels know. like a little bit of a Brene Brown thing. You're right, exactly. I don't exactly. know Well Well, whoever said it, it's good. <laughs> it's a, yeah. it's good. It's spot on. It's spot on. But I think um, to your point about sort of just understanding that there's yeah. going to be a process. Taking your time. Like, go back into dating and be, giving yourself permission to, like date people and yeah. for it to not work out and that that's okay yeah. and that it's okay for me to be a little bit hesitant about opening up or being vulnerable or being hurt again yeah but also reminding yourself I'm not that person anymore right I've learned a lot of lessons I've grown I'm not that same woman
0: yeah
1: um and so any even if I met somebody who's just like that ex that I just got away from mm-hmm. That relationship can never be the same because I'm not the same woman.
0: Right. Right. And you know, it's all coming back to self worth too. Yeah. Um, is is loving who you are and really practicing that like. You are enough. I love you. Like mm-hmm. saying that over and over, exercises just so because if you were in such a horrible place, you know, um, you know, if you're, yeah. you're struggling, you're feeling that like that, like oh my god, how am I gonna get out of here? this thing? And you will get out of it. You just need to have that support system. Yeah. Um. But you know, it's going back to, to dipping your toe in the online dating pool. So we, <laughs> so, you know, there was one of the quotes I did in the uh, five mistakes women uh, make on their online dating yeah. profile. So I have that up. If you go on to the website thedatingadvisoryboard.com, you can download that. That free guide and I'll help you create your online profile but when it's like, like it's okay to turn someone off like you're not there yeah. to have to you date everybody. everybody you know They're like oh well, if I put there like I, I have some people like will say oh well you know I need to put X Y and Z like the whole dissertation now you don't need a dissertation
1: <laughs> first of all <laughs> like, we
0: don't need I know don't, don't nobody's gonna read that no one's reading
1: no, it no one's reading that no no way we'll too many words <laughs> too many
0: words yeah and then um, but you know it's just you know just knowing what you want like really look at your core values and i think that's that's something we should talk about too but i want to get right into the communication thing too because i think that that's a major issue if yes some, i mean major i mean is that what you're hearing so yeah yes it's what i hear
1: um i definitely have in fact we we offer this we offer a we do dinners like these couple dinners where it's like a couple like Dinner and wine pairing, and also a little bit of a couple's workshop. And one of them That's is great. communication is not your problem. Mm-hmm. Um, which basically, particularly in relationships, like it's not so much the communication, right? Like mm-hmm. we're good at communication. Look mm-hmm. at us, we're talking to each other. We're we chatting. Got, we got it, right? Got it. Yeah. I listen to you, you listen to me, we say things, it's great. It's usually the underlying piece, it's what we don't say. Or what we're afraid to say, or how we choose to like express the emotional stuff mm. that really kind of shows up as communication problems. It's not the you need to learn how to make say I statements like I feel blah 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 well, So what you're saying, <laughs> right? So I hear you saying, which all of those are fine. I you know I'm making fun of it a little bit. Like those are those yeah. can be really useful tools. Right. But my experience is the number one issue particularly in relationships of all kinds, but especially romantic relationships around communication is that we don't say a hundred percent of what it is that we are thinking and feeling Mm. and then our partner responds to the piece they get Mm. and they also don't say a hundred percent of what they're thinking and feeling and so there's this unspoken conversation that's happening that makes us feel like you don't understand me or there's conflict
0: Is that where you have like a resentment comes in? Yeah, you get resentment
1: or you're arguing about, you know, like you're arguing about like what restaurant to go to when really the issue is like somebody not feeling heard or somebody feeling lonely or feeling a little bit, um, you know, scared about the future of the relationship because you haven't been spending time together or whatever it is. But you don't get to that because instead of saying, I feel like I haven't seen you in a week or two and I really miss you and I'm worried that you're pulling away from me, mm. we say things like, I don't understand why you don't, like, why don't you want to spend three hours at dinner with me? Like, why are you watching the basketball game now? Or whatever it is, you know, it's like, oh, but there's this underlying piece yeah. that's not being said that oftentimes if it's said, then the other person is able to respond to that, which is either, and a lot of times it's because we're afraid of the answer. Yeah, or right?
0: like afraid that they're gonna pull away, like you said, like, are afraid right. of, you know, being abandonment. They're going to leave me. They're going to, you know, because you have this scarcity mindset, which I think is, you know, putting this edge of age, like, oh, well, you're single now. You better get on it because yes. there's going to be no more men
1: yeah. if you don't get married today. Yes. <laughs> Newsflash, there are lots of men and women yes. and you don't want all of them, no. <laughs> which goes back to what you were talking about, which is yeah. that piece of like really beginning to, um, like, you know, I have a good friend and like sometimes it's just sort of like, yeah, but do you want them? Yeah. Right? Like, we spend a lot of time, and that's sort of the debating communication, I think, is it's like a, people treat it almost like a job interview, and yeah, you want to make your best impression, and you want to, yeah. like, let people get to know you, but at the end of the day, you also need to ask questions. Yeah, ask questions. I'm fantastic, but are you fantastic for me? Like, is this That's that the key, thing? okay? Because... Yes. Yeah, that's the key.
0: Yeah. You know? Is, uh, is making sure, like, I, you know, I like you, but, like, is this a fit for me? Because I think it goes back to your... Core values are non-negotiables. Um, Absolutely. And I think that you know being able to sh- to know a what I really really want, right? I mean, if you want kids and you want to get married, that's something you need to kind of come out of the gate and say, you know, not yeah. like just you know just wait a hot minute, maybe. right? They won't no. notice. <laughs> <laughs> like maybe not first date, right?
1: You know, but if you've had a couple of dates and you're like, yeah, I really like this person and they seem to really like me and we're vibing, and yeah, but, good. And then then then
0: you've already invest like so. I'm going to go back and forth on that. Like, I think you need to really
1: put that in your profile. Especially if you're online dating. If you're online dating, I think, because it's it's really easy. Like, you don't need to be like, I want to get married and have three kids right, right, and right, live right. in, a, you know, in the suburbs of right. you know, Fairfax. And we're going to – easy. Right. Let's take it easy. Take but, it easy. but definitely in an online dating profile, you can, I think, very casually say – and most of them, there's, like, a checkbox, right? Like, yeah, want kids, still might want, want kids. kids, look interested in long-term or, like, you know, committed relationships. Right. Like, Those are good things to put out front. And then go on a couple of dates. Yeah. And then, and it also comes, I think there's an organic flow of conversation. Yeah. If we allow ourselves to show up and be our total authentic selves. Like, don't worry about like, but do they want kids and I want kids? Like, trust that that conversation will happen. You know, it's not, we're not waiting three months for it to happen. Right. But I think we can wait two or three dates in. Yeah. Because... Not everybody needs to know that you want to get married and have kids, because guess what? You don't want to get married and have kids with everyone. Right, exactly. So let's give it a chance to sort of be like, okay, this feels like I could date you more than three times. Yeah. Then we should talk about, like, these are things that I want. I don't know that I want them with you yet, but I like you and I want to go out, and if we're going to continue to find out if we like each other that much, Mm -hmm. here are some things that ultimately long-term are going to be non-negotiable for me. Right. And... If you know already that the, those are things you have zero interest in, then yeah, hmm. maybe we shouldn't keep going out. But yeah. I think giving a little bit of space for making sure, do I really like this person? Yeah.
0: But the, then what happens if you really like that person and then you're
1: like, we are on the polar opposite. Then you trust yeah. that yeah. just like you met them and you liked them and you yeah. had, you know, three great dates. Yeah. You'll meet someone else and you'll right. like them and you'll have three great dates and you'll say it and they'll be like, oh, I'm totally into that. Yeah. Like right. I would like the same thing and you find out. But I think there's, as you said, like the scarcity mindset. Like, yes. oh, there's not enough people. Like Exactly. You don't want everybody. No. 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 It's a pass.
0: Great. <laughs> <Right>. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> like well, someone was saying like there's always somebody better there's always but I think it's also a mindset like you know like creating that being open because I know a lot of people they're like oh well, I, I want to be dating but they're not really open to it or they are on the online dating and they are not doing it yeah right and it's like I think it's more of a fear base too like their fear of being hurt you're absolutely so, or bad dates or these kinds of things yeah and like I mean, oh I had one bad date and then like I'm just gonna cancel yeah no. like you
1: know what I, I had one bad apple I, I didn't stop buying Fruits. Yeah. Or apples. <laughs> or apples. <laughs> right? Like, like good. You, you go back. It's good and, for you. Yeah. Like you go back and you look and you, and you recognize like, oh, I didn't really look at that one and I didn't look for this. And, and that's really, you know, and you I You didn't saying, check
0: for bruises on the, on the, yeah. you know, or like it's, you know, moldy or like, you know, did like, yeah. so. Yeah.
1: That's a big part of it. Yeah.
0: I love it. Um, okay, so I can't believe that the hour's almost the hour's over. Hour's almost over. I know. Um, all right, so what else did we talk about? What other big, um, oh, let's do this. This is important. Um, if you find yourself, you know, depressed about, you know, maybe a breakup or in a mm-hmm. relationship or a divorce, um, and the, depre- and the depression, there's certain steps, obviously,
1: I mean, therapy yeah. is important, but is there yeah. any kind of
0: mental, like, what can we do if we feel kind of down and want
1: to? So I tend to take a very balanced approach, okay. which means that you need to allocate time to allow yourself to be sad there's nothing wrong with that like it's a me if you have Whether it's the end of a relationship um, You know a tough time in at work with children, whatever it is like we need to allow ourselves space to feel things that are Uncomfortable, you know human nature is that we avoid that and so giving yourself space If you're in bed for two weeks and not wanting to get dressed Mm. Therapy, please call a therapist. Yeah, absolutely absolutely if you can't find somebody call a friend and ask them to help you find somebody yeah if yeah like if you're looking at you know more days than not in a like 10 to 14 day period that's like non-negotiable we need to involve professional help yeah Um, but giving yourself some space to feel sad Mm -hmm. and whatever that looks like and like really ask yourself I'm really sad what how can I nurture myself not how can I feel better
0: how can I nurture
1: myself in this feeling yeah and for some people it's like you know what I need to get moving I'm gonna go out dancing or I'm gonna go for a run or I'm gonna to go to yoga for some people they need to kind of like be quieter like I'm going to whatever go take a bath or I'm gonna take a nap or I'm gonna spend this weekend you know home in my PJs reading books um, you know drinking my herbal tea or you know wine in moderation wine in moderation <laughs> for drinking a lot of wine to make ourselves feel better again call a therapist we need, you know, everything in moderation. Um, but giving yourself that space and then also kind of challenging yourself and saying, like, what's one thing I don't want to do, mm-hmm. but that typically makes me feel better. Yeah. And I have, you know, I have a client that I love. And, you know, like for her, it was like every day I get up, I do my hair, I do my makeup, like even if I don't have to leave the house.
0: That's a good Yes. Okay. It's just
1: like, I just. I get up and then I pass a beer and I like I feel better as opposed to like I haven't combed my hair and like I'm in sweats didn't and whatever. wash. My hair. Right. Didn't wash my hair, didn't do anything. And right. you know, she may or may not get dressed. But like that is but like a core thing. Yeah, exactly. She's like that's and that works for her. And for other people it's like, you know what, I go to the gym or mm-hmm. I go to a yoga class or I go to my book club or you know what, every day I call my best friend. Right. Even though I don't really want to talk and I don't want to deal with whatever's going on. Right. But so having that balance between saying I can much like a mom. Yeah. You know, a lot of the, a lot of my advice is like figure out how to like mother yourself like in the best possible way. And like, I mean that's what I do with my kids. I imagine that's what you do with your kids. Yeah. It's like there's a space for like I'm gonna coddle you. Yeah. This is hard and you don't feel good and oh my poor baby and you know and then I'm also gonna be like, but you don't feel good and this is how we feel better. Yeah. And that you have to have that balance between the two. And then of course, yeah. And asking friends, like, mm. you know, therapies for everybody most of the people you know have a therapist or they had a therapist or their brother or their sister yeah. or their kids some like don't be afraid to ask and people will make suggestions
0: yeah i mean because it's just making you stronger i mean the more knowledge yeah. you have the better you will be you will be i mean bottom Absolutely. line it's like an advantage like a mental advantage yeah so I look at it. I had a I had, we had back in when I played tennis. I mean, my dad growing up, I had a mental strategy coach. Yeah, you know, and that would help me with visualization. And I'm telling you, that was probably one of the best investments my dad ever made because it helped me um, throughout the years when you know with, when tough situations would come up and yes. relationships and everything like that. Like if I legitimately didn't have that, like. You know, mm-hmm. that it would be um, it would be interesting. <laughs> it would be interesting. It would be interesting. Uh, but but you know, I think it. That's true. They really reach out for help and also exercise. I mean, we cannot exercise is exercise is good. huge because I mean, not only does um, you know, it's just you make sure you get up there and go. You're gonna feel better. Like it changes like um, your receptors in your brain. Like yeah, um, I mean, there's so many benefits there's to great it. research around exercise and. Yeah, and feeling stronger because if you feel strong, like you're you're getting out there and you're going to the gym and you're putting yourself, you know, mm-hmm. not you know, getting out of your bedroom. Yes, <laughs> and going leave somewhere. your bedroom. Leave Go your outside. Bedroom your Do house. some things, and you feel better. And then you know, it shows. It shows in your skin. It shows in your attitude. You know, it releases was it serotonin, there's a couple other things. I'm gonna post it. I'll yeah. post it later. The link is endorphins and adrenaline, yeah. all of
1: those kinds of things that really that genuinely do actually like improve your, like the brain chemistry so that you feel you emotionally feel better. It is a really good mood booster. Yes. And as somebody who hates to go to the gym and doesn't really like to run, broaden your definition of exercise. Like yeah. you do not have to become a, a gym rat. Right. No offense to all of my favorite gym rats out there. I have lots of friends who love the gym and Mm -hmm. like it makes them so happy when they go. I hate getting to the gym, but I know that and that's okay. So like I go sometimes and other times like I go for a walk with my dog or I really like to go hiking. I'll go hiking. Like broaden that to move your body. It doesn't have to look like what your sort of preconception Mm -hmm. of exercise is, or what everyone else is doing. You know, it can be yoga. It can be pilates. It can be walks. It could be boxing. It could yeah, be
0: tennis. Tennis. Awesome. It could you know
1: go kayaking. Yeah, um, Just be down out. in Georgetown. Like, but being out, especially if you can be outside. But even if it's not outside, like thinking about in terms of like how can I move my body for thirty minutes.
0: Yeah, and this also shows like the studies have shown that for if you're working out first day in the first thing in the morning, um, some of the most successful, you know, businessmen and, mm-hmm. and women out there will work out first thing in the morning because what it does is it you know like expands your brain so it, like you're really hyper focused
1: um, for the yeah. like two hours it helps after. You lots of focus, lots of energy to get you through the day. Yeah. Typically you can sleep better at night. Yep. And also from a really basic logistical standpoint, mm-hmm. if the first thing you do before your day starts is workout. Mm-hmm. There's no excuses not to get it done later in the day. It's really like, I know if you've See, worked all day, it's really hard to get some exercise in. Although, you know, if you're more of a walker, yeah. then uh, you know an evening walk for thirty minutes after dinner yeah. also has a lot of health benefits around things like improved digestion, improving mm-hmm. your metabolism, actually having better sleep at night. Yeah. Um, just looking at the timing, but yeah, first thing in the morning is really good if you're looking for like how can I find more energy, especially yeah. if you're feeling more if you're feeling more depressed. And like sort of depressive type symptoms yeah. morning nice. workout if you feel more anxious evening walks hmm. you can work out in the morning too but also evening walks walking not running not like okay high you know heart rate kind of activity but evening walks really, will be really helpful for sleep helps you clear your head
0: oh I like that yeah huh Good to know. I'll take Mm -hmm. the dog on a longer walk.
1: There you go. Yes. (laughs) The kiddos. That and moon milk, which is like, I will send you this. I'll send you the recipe. I'll send it to her. She'll post it. I'll post it. Which I've just started drinking, which is kind of fun. Really? Yeah. Plus, it's like pretty. I mean, I like pretty. Yeah, pretty. Pretty, and it's like frothy and whatever. But really, um, mm
0: -hmm. I like that. And then also, you want to help sleep better. uh, Lavender oil on your feet.
1: Lavender oil on your feet is really good. Um, You can get like white sound or like thunderstorm um for apps on your phone also 20 minutes or so before bed no more electronics thank you tv off lights off um i have like salt lamps in my room so i'll put i'll turn the salt lamps on but turn off the other because it's more of a red base light Mm. the blue light makes you stay up
0: yeah exactly i'm like put that phone over i was like i'm gonna leave you over (laughs) here
1: yes 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 yes.
0: So that's awesome okay so um all right well we're out of time yeah. this is good um thank you so much for being on the show now thank you for having me how can everyone get in touch with you
1: please so um if you are on social media and that's how you want to get me instagram twitter facebook esther b mft so it's e-s-t-h-e-r b uh for boykin and then mft for marriage and family therapist so that's a good way to find me um Beyond that, if you just the easiest website to get to is um, estherboykin.com that links you to like everything else I do. If you're in the DC area and you're looking for a therapist, I have a team of amazing therapists. Um, and yeah. we that website is grouptherapyassociates.com. Yes. And I'm gonna give a little plug, although we spend a lot of time talking about relationships that you need to get out of. Yeah. For those of you in relationships <laughs> that you love and adore and yeah. wanna nurture and nourish and flourish, I do have two couples retreats coming up.
0: Oh yeah, let's talk about that.
1: So Intimacy in the City is mm. a weekend retreat um, at a gorgeous, I love this house um, in DC, uh, Private Chef, couples massages, uh, you know, evening wine reception, all your meals are provided, lots of really good, it's great for couples who are at the beginning, really at every stage of relationship, huh, who just kind of want to, like, work on relationship skills, yeah. or,
0: because they may, like, it goes back to what you were saying, too, is, like, if it goes down through the generations, they may just not know the skills, to yes. they don't have the tools,
1: yeah, you absolutely, know? and even when we have the tools, we've got to practice them, and so practice. this is a great, and it's a great way to connect with it's a very small. I always keep our um, retreats very intimate, so small group of couples. But it also helps you connect with other couples who are about what you're about, right? They want to make their love last too. So yeah, you can learn about intimacy in the city, which is August 17th to 19th here in DC, um, and then we will be in Costa Rica for a week in November. Um, I'm really excited about the Costa Rica, like oceanfront cottages and again private chefs and couples massages and evening oh. bonfires and morning yoga that sounds amazing amazing things so either on estherboykin.com or you can go to therapyisnotadirtyword.com yep that's all of my events all my retreats and dinners and workshops and stuff so check it out
0: yes You guys, oh, my gosh, she's so good. I'm telling you. We'll have have to do part two because we didn't even get to half the questions. I know. uh, Part two, part two. Part two, part two, part two. Yes. (laughs) I love it. I'll come back next month. That's right. That's (laughs) a a good idea. Okay, we'll do that. All right. Well, all right, guys. Well, uh, talk to you later. Have a great day. Be awesome. (laughs) See you. Bye.